0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم هو الذي أرسل رسوله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله ولو كره المشركون Sadaqallahu al-Azim Wa qala al sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Bada al islamu ghareeban Wasaya'udu ghareeban kama bada' Fatuba lil-ghoraba O kama qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Respected friends and elders We find ourselves At another beginning of a new Islamic year And at, a, at another a Occasion of the occasion of Ashura Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has indeed blessed us Allah has favoured us With life With this opportunity of seeing these occasions once again Many people were here the previous year But are not here today And respected friends and elders We ought to be realising the value of this More day in and day out the value of life, the value of opportunity given to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every new day given to us by Allah is another chance for us to make tawbah, is another chance for us to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is another chance for us to build our akhirah, to mend our ways, to rebuild our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That person who left this dunya this morning doesn't have this chance anymore. That person who died yesterday doesn't have the chance anymore. That person who died today after Asr or after Maghrib or before Isha does not have this chance. We have this opportunity that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. The opportunity of making tawbah, opportunity of turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, reviving the spirit of Islam in our lives. This is the duty of every Muslim, irrespective of what happens anywhere else in the globe. Whatever can happen anywhere else in the world. But if you have revived the spirit of Islam in your life, you have adopted the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa you have implemented the sharia of deen, the commands of Allah, and the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa in your life, and the life of your family, then alhamdulillah you are successful. The turmoil we see around us in the dunya today, we never experienced before in our lives. Such turmoil, such disasters, such calamities, such diseases, earthquakes on one side, volcanoes erupting on the other side, forest fires upon end, floods in, in other parts of the world, poverty, war, invasion, And to top it off, all the issue of COVID that has covered the globe. So much of disaster, so much of mishap in the dunya. But respected friends and elders, wherever a person may be and whichever condition he may be in, if he is fulfilling the command of Allah, if he is not disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if he is not engaging in sin, then he is okay, he's got nothing to worry about. But despite all of these reminders around us, If all of these things are happening and we are still continuing in our old ways, if we still never got tawfiq of making tawbah, never got tawfiq of giving up the old habits and the old wrongs and sins that we we were engaged in, then this is a bigger calamity. Those earthquakes may happen, floods may come and go, but for me in my life, the fact that I never got a chance or I never got tawfiq, I never took out the time, to make tawbah and to mend my ways, this is a bigger calamity. Imam Abdullah bin Mu'barak rahimahullah mentions in a very short couplet, he says, "ومن البلاء وللبلاء علامة." There are many signs. There are signs for calamities, and one one calamity is such that Allah يرى لك عن هواك نزوع. One such calamity is that where there is no end for you following your desires. Everything you wanted, everything you desired, you want to make sure it happens. You want to visualize it, you want to realize it. Whatever was your dreams, your aspirations. If this is happening in your life, he says, this is a sign of calamity. It's a sign of disaster. Like a sign of disaster is we find widespread death, widespread loss of life, loss of property, wealth, etc. That is definitely a calamity and a sign of great calamity. This Imam Abdullah bin Mubarak Rahimallah mentions is also a calamity. It's a spiritual calamity, and the spiritual calamity outweighs the calamity of the world and material calamities. hawāka There is no end in sight for your desires and you're fulfilling your desires. Nafsifi You want to know who is a slave? You think you are living in a in a in a free world. In a democratic world, you've been freed from slavery. He says, Al-Abdu, Abdu-Nafs. A slave is a slave of his soul. fi in its desires. Whatever his nafs wanted, he wants to fulfill it. His nafs wants that he must look at haram, he wants to do it. His nafs wants that he must engage in interest, then he does it. His nafs wants that he must engage in adultery or fornication or zina, he falls into it. Whatever, whatever sin, whatever desire comes in the heart, he wants to fulfill it, then this man has become the slave of his nafs. The slave of his carnal desires. Abdu عَبْدُ النَّفْسِ فِي شَهَوَاتِهَا وَالْحُرُّ يَشْبَعُ مَرَّةً وَيَجُوعُ He says he's a free person. This is a parable he is drawing. In other words, a man who has got control over himself can be considered free. He says a free man is a person who eats one meal to his fill and he can stay hungry the next time. He can share the next time. There is a person who's got control over himself. There is a free man. He's been freed from the slavery of his soul. In other words, if a person fell into sin, and we're all prone to sin, then it must not happen that 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 leads him on further and further and further into sin. No. There must be a time when he can practice restraint. He eats to his fill sometimes, and sometimes he remains hungry. Sometimes he abstains from that wrong. He controls himself. This is a sign that you have been freed from the slavery of nafs, desire, and sin ultimately. So if there is no end in sight of our desires, our wrongs, our disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then in the words of Imam Abdullah bin Mubarak rahimahullah, this is a sign of calamity. So whatever other calamities may be happening in the dunya, how many of them have directly affected my life? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. But this calamity is affecting me first. The calamity of sin, the calamity of disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The month of Muharram, Allah has blessed us. is referred to as shahrullah, the month of Allah. It's a blessed month. It's the first of the ashhurul Hurum, the four sacred months in the Islamic calendar. It's a month in which ibadat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more beloved to Allah. Sin is more detested to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In this month, we should make that effort. Not only on the day of Ashura, not only on the 10th of Muharram, but throughout Muharram. In fact, throughout our lives, Rasulullah says, أَفْضَلُ الصِّيَامِ بَعْدَ رَمَضَانِ صِّيَامُ شَهْرِ The best month to fast outside Ramadan is the fasting of the month of Allah, the month of Muharram. To fast throughout the month, as much as possible, nafil fast. And the best type of salah for you to engage in after your first salat is qiyamul layl. Is salatul layl is tahajjud at night. We understand, we understand the importance of fasting and alhamdulillah from a young age we are told, we are trained, we're here in the bayans and the environment is created that people fast in the month of Muharram and especially on the 9th and 10th or 10th and 11th or even all three. The Hadith says, "Sumu yawm Ashura, fast on the day of Ashura, the tenth of Muharram, which is tomorrow." Sumu khalifu fihi yahud but don't follow the Jews. They also observe this fast in their own way, but they observe it only on the tenth. So Rasulullah صلى says, "Fasting in Ashura on, on the day of Ashura is a great thing. Do it, but it must not be that you are imitating the Jews in that. Although it's something good, don't imitate them. Be different from them." So, Rasulullah s.a.w. says, سُمُوا يَوْمًا قَبْلَهُ وَيَوْمًا بَعْدَهُ If you're fasting on Ashura, then follow it up with a fast the day after or a day before. Join, join the two fasts. Don't only fast on one day. And in some versions, the hadith says, Sumu يَوْمًا قَبْلَهُ وَيَوْمًا بَعْدَهُ Fast one day before as well as one day after. So fasting on the 9th and the 10th and the 11th together consecutively is the ideal and the best, my explained. So to fast on the day of Ashura and in the month of Muharram, we understand the importance and we've been hearing it all the time. And alhamdulillah, we try as much as possible to implement it in our lives. The second part of this hadith, this hadith comes in Muslim Sharif. The second part of the hadith says that the best salah after Faras salah is Tahajjud salah. Have we realized that how much of effort are we putting on that aspect? How, how much of importance have we given to the time of tahajjud and the salah of tahajjud? That is the time, respected friends and elders, to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the time to beg Allah's forgiveness. At that time, many people change their lives. Crying at the time of Seri, crying in tahajjud in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, making tawbah in the early hours of the morning, at that time, hum يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ Allah says, and during the time of seri, meaning early morning tahajjud time, the chosen slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they engage in the in, in istighfar, and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and begging Him for His forgiveness. And in those moments, many people changed their lives. Many people saw lasting change in their lives, when they woke up in the early hours of the morning, and spent those few minutes in tahajjud salat. And then turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in dua And asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for our needs Every night Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala announces That who is there And, and this announcement is made in the last third of the night The last third of the night Which is the best part, best time to, 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 to read your tahajjud At that time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala announces Who is there to ask my forgiveness I will forgive him Who is there to ask of any need from me And I will give it to him so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ready. Allah is waiting for us. And at that time, respected friends and elders, if we are unmindful, many a times we wake up. Maybe because we're feeling cold. Maybe there was some disturbance. Maybe some person has to wake up to go to the toilet. Take advantage of those moments. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created some excuse for your eyes to open at that time. Make the wudu, read the two, four, eight rakas of tahajjud, how much you can. And then make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the, when Rasulullah صلى was asked, by his Sahabi, Ya Rasulullah, ayyud الدُّعَاءِ asma'. Which dua is more readily accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The word asma' actually literally means which dua is heard more clearly. But obviously for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala everything is crystal clear. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears the loudest of sounds. And Allah hears the softest of sounds. And Allah hears the whisperings of the hearts all equally. Wa asirru awijharubi. Allah says that speak out loud or soft. sudur. Forget what you are uttering. Allah knows what is in your hearts. So for Allah, everything is crystal clear. And Allah hears everything. So ayyud du'a asma' here will be interpreted as which du'a is more readily accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rasulullah sallam in this hadith of Tirmidhi Sharif, in his response mentioned two occasions. And du'as are more readily accepted by Allah. The first one was, Joful Layl Al-Akhir. Dua in the last portion of the night. jawful Layl Al-Akhir. The last portion of the night, du'a at that time Allah accepts, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts readily and quickly, very quickly. Waduburussalawatiilmaktoobat. And the second time is after the farz salat. So when we are speaking about reflecting in our lives, making tawbah, making a change in your life, turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then why not start with a few rakats of tahajjud at night? Few rakats and then turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and beg Allah firstly for our forgiveness and ask Allah to give us hidayat and give us tawfiq of making the change in our life, a lasting change. And then whatever else is our needs, needs of dunya and akhirat, ask of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah will definitely grant us. This is un asma. Dua that is most readily accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So many people have mentioned. So many people have mentioned that the duas we made at tahajjud brought a change in our life. The duas we made at tahajjud removed that particular calamity or particular distress or made our lives much easier. Removed the, the, the cliff and the anxiety. Brought peace in our lives. And Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in one hadith is encouraging us for both. Fasting in this month of Muharram like we understand. And together with the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says that the best salah after your first salah is the tahajjud salah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. Respected friends and elders. This dunya is changing so rapidly. This dunya is changing so rapidly. What guarantee do we have? We will see the next time of tahajjud also. What guarantee do we have? We'll see another day. So how can a person in this condition be disobedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How is it that now we still want to continue in our wrongs and in our fulfilling our desires and wasting our time and wealth and our life away in the dunya? No respected friends and this Time now has come for us to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All these events that are happening around us is a, is a reminder for us that make a change. Your turn is coming. Our time is coming. Sin is wrong all the time. But we have reached a stage now in our lives that we can appease your nafs and say, you know, you've done it. It's done. Finish. You've been there, done it. Now it's time for something else. Now we have to turn that page and now go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Respected friends and others, ulama explain in the light of the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that as we get closer to qiyamah and the fitnas will increase, then people will naturally be disinclined from the dunya. Why? Because there'll be so much of death, there'll be so much of, 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 of murder taking place, so much of war, and that people will lose hope. People will not have long, you know, desires and hopes of living so long and building such huge empires and you know, amassing so much of wealth. All that will be cut and curtailed. So that is the secret, respected friends and allies. That cut your desire, cut your aspirations. This dunya is not a place for us to remain forever. This dunya is here, is it's temporary, a few days. And then we are going to go to the akhirat. yati, and salati ila al-mamati. When every child is born, then the adhan is called out in the ear. Adhan in the right ear, iqama in the left ear. Normally, adhan, iqama is then followed by the salah. So this Arab poet mentions that when the child comes in the dunya, and the adhan and iqama are called out, but the salah is read when? After he dies. This is also a lesson for us. This is a sign to show us that life is very short. Like the time between a normal adhan and salah, how short, how quickly that time passes. That is how your life in this dunya is going. That is how quickly death will come. That is how short our life is in this dunya. It's not worth it for us to build castles in our minds. Not worth it for us to have these long aspirations. Time has come for us to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, Bada al-Islamu gharibaan wasaya'udu gharibaan kama bada. When Islam started spreading, when Rasulullah sallallahu الله wa sallam announced in Makkah the shahada la Ilaha illallah, and he invited people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and believing in the oneness of Allah, believing in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as the last and final messenger of Allah, then Islam was considered to be something strange and odd. So, بَدَأَ islamu ghariban, Islam started as something strange and odd. Wasaya'udu ghariban. Nabi sallallahu Alaihi wa sallam says it will return to that stage later in time, when it will be considered to be something strange and odd. Like in the time of sahaba Radiallahu anhum in the early days in Makkah, many of them, many of the sahaba when they first accepted Islam, then they never used to publicize their, their, their iman. They never used to read salat openly in front of others. Things used to be kept discreet. And those who were the followers of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam were the odd ones out. Because the majority were those who were not following Dinul islam Majority were those who had shunned the message of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in this hadith of Muslim Sharif, that a time will come when the same condition will prevail. That those who are practicing upon Islam... Those who are fulfilling the commands of Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, those who are upholding the true deen of Islam will be considered to be strange. They will be considered to be the odd ones out. In our own words, you know, backwards. You're not keeping up with the times, you are different. In other words, most of the people will not be upholding. Most of the people will not be upholding the true deen of Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah wasallam then says here at the end of this hadith, فَطُوبَا لِلْغُرَبَا Glad tidings for those strangers. Glad tidings for those odd people. Why? Because they will be upholding the true deen of Allah at the time when it will be so difficult. At the time when everybody else will be busy with everything else. People will be busy with their sports. They will be busy with their businesses, their careers, their homes, their properties, their wealth, their cars. Their games, their gadgets, and everything else that is taking us away from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Majority of the people will be concerned with other things. Very few will be those who will uphold the true teachings of Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Therefore, they will be they will be considered the odd ones are the odd ones, the strangers. Fatuha lil ghuraba, glad tidings for such people. This is the famous explanation I have given you. Famous translation of this hadith. But I quoted this hadith to you to give you another explanation. Shaykh Abdul Fattah Abu Ghudda, rahimahullah was a senior muhadith of Syria and resided in Saudi Arabia for many years, visited our country also in the early 90s. When he visited the Merkaz in Nizamuddin, then he mentioned this to the ulama. He says that this hadith has this famous explanation. But there's another explanation that comes to mind. And that explanation, respected friends and allies, applies a lot in our circumstances today. He says, the hadith says, Bada al-Islamu ghariban. Islam commenced as, as something strange. This actually means, Bada al-Islamu bad'an ghariban. When Islam commenced and began to spread, it spread in a strange manner. Because if you look at the life of Sahaba and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in Makkah, in the early days especially, they were so few in number, they were so ill-equipped, they were so poor, they were so looked down upon in society, despite all of that, suppression and oppression on them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it such that the al-islam continued to spread from one person to another. One became two and two became four and like that slowly, slowly began to spread. It took many years, many years. When the Sahaba, I mean, when when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, after after 15 years of effort, 13 years in Makkah, two years in Medina, 313 Sahaba were with in Badr. 313 Sahaba. Yes, there were some Sahaba who didn't go, but majority were go, were out. When Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam came in the sixth year of Hijra. This is now 18 years. 19 years after after nubuwah came to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam when rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was going to makkah for umrah all the sahaba that were there practically joined him they were roughly 1500 after 19 years of effort 19 years in other words and that was up to the time when they were at odds with the kufar of makkah when the sahaba were in makkah the the meccans had oppressed them like we like like we all are aware of. They oppressed them. They harmed them. They killed them. When the Sahaba made Hijrah to Medina Munawwarah, they never left them. There also battles upon battles were fought: Battle of Badr, the Battle of Uhad, the Battle of the Trench, and they were still in battle, still considered enemies of each other, until the sixth year of Hijrah when the truce was signed, Sulah Hudaybiyah was signed. So in all the years of suppression and oppression. Islam grew, but it grew fifteen, fifteen hundred. Thereafter, respected friends and allies. in the last few years of the life of Rasulullah wasallam, last three years practically of the life of Rasulullah wasallam, the numbers multiplied so much, that in Hajjatul Wada, approximately 120,000 sahaba r.a. How that happened? How did it spread so quickly? So Shaykh Abdul Fattah, Rahimahullah, says, this is from the side, this is a miracle from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That it will seem to be suppressed and oppressed, but the spread was unique. So the hadith says, وَسَيَعُودُ عُودًا his, his explanation of the hadith is that later on in time, when Islam will return, meaning return to its glory, when Islam will return to its glory days, when Islam will then spread and cover the globe, that will also happen عُودًا غَرِيبًا. That strangeness is not of the Muslims, he says. This hadith is telling us that the strangeness is in the manner in which Islam will spread. Despite all the oppression, despite the suppression, despite all the Islamophobia in the dunya, it will continue to flourish and it will happen so quickly that the enemies of Islam won't even realize. MashaAllah, many people are speaking about the peace that has now engulfed the country of Afghanistan. Twenty years of war. Twenty years. Twenty years. Of invasion, and so quickly Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala restored their peace and their country to a state, where, a state where the people are happy, where there's no there's no there's no invasion, there's no bombs. How did it happen? ghariban. It will return when Islam will spread. It will spread like that so uniquely you won't even realize, and Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala will bring about this miracle once again. Respected friends and elders, this is our iman. That a time will come when this entire dunya will be, will be filled with Muslims. All will be reciters of karima la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Whether to our eye it seems impossible, whether in front of us there is so much of antagony against Islam and the Muslims. Think about it, respected friends and elders. This war against Muslims, the war against Islam, whatever was the name they gave it, but this was a war against Islam. Whether it was fought in Afghanistan or in Iraq or in Syria or in Palestine or wherever else it may be happening. This is a war against Islam for 20 years and they can't win that war. This is the realization of the hadith of Rasulullah wasallam that despite all of that, like the in Makkah, for 19 to 20 years suppressing the Muslims up to Sulah Hudaybiyyah, that was 19 years, this one is 20 years. 19 years of suppression and oppression, still the spread of Islam could not be contained. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken it upon himself. Karihal <laughs> Kafirun. Allah will definitely bring his nur to perfection, meaning the iman and hidayat and deen. Allah will complete it, meaning Allah will make it spread and engulf the globe. Karihal <laughs> Kafirun, Even if the disbelievers don't like it. <laughs> al-Haq. Allah is the one who sent His messenger, sallallahu with hidayat and the true religion, al-din so that He may make Islam the dominant religion over every other religion. Islam will dominate. Al-Islamu yalu wa But coming back to what I mentioned at the beginning, respected friends and elders, let us start with reviving that spirit of Islam in our lives. Let us bring that kind of a miracle in our lives. Let us turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make tawbah and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness regarding the day of Ashura, tomorrow the 10th of Muharram. Rasulullah mentioned in a hadith of Tirmidhi Sharif that in the month of Muharram, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had forgiven some nations of the past. Allah forgave them. وَيَتُوبُ فِيهِ عَلَىٰ قُوْمٍ آخَرِينَ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will forgive many others also in this month and on the day of Ashura. So let us, let it be us. This year, the people that Allah is going to forgive, and Allah will forgive, and Allah will bring about the change, and lasting change in their lives, let those people be me and you, respected friends and others. Let us turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let us give up our old ways, whatever the wrongs may be. As we discussed, the wrongs of, of riba, the wrong of zina, the wrong of missing our salat. One salat a person misses, is a great calamity in his life. Great calamity. The sin of missing salat, completely respected friends and others has become so trivial now in our minds that we don't even realize. If you, if you are told that in a particular home there's a person who's a drug addict, we understand the seriousness. We take pity on the people of that home that they have this particular individual in the home who is a, a druggie. If you hear of some home where there's a murderer, we take pity on them. We understand that this is a wrong and un, un, undoubtedly it's a great and severe wrong. What about the wrong of missing Salah? Practically every home respected friends and elders. Nearly every home has got people who are missing their Salah day in and day out. Day in and day out. Five times a day the call of Salah is made. How many are reading five times Salah on time? This is a great calamity. This, if in our community we don't have a hundred percent Musallis, hundred times, a hundred percent five time Musalli, then we are a community that is filled with sinners. We are a com- community that is filled with disaster. We are a community that is filled with, with problem and with wrong. And we don't even realize it, respected friends and others. So let us give up these old ways and old habits. The, habit, uh, the, the sin of extravagance, the sin of extravagance and ostentation showing off has gripped our communities. And, and this has been the downfall of many people of the past. Showing off respected friends and others and extravagance, this will bring a person's downfall. Now because of social media, Instagram and, and other such platforms, everything needs to be shared, everything needs to be perfect. And the more likes a person gets, the more views a person gets, then the happier he gets. Why? So you are doing it to show the next person. And, it, and at the end of the day, we are bluffing no one. You are bluffing yourself first. You yourself know it's an act. You yourself know that you made sure everything was looking perfect. That's not your life. That's not the picture of your life. It's just looking rosy. So you are fooling yourself, fooling those people who are following. And with that, the competition starts. That one is outdoing the other. And one is boasting over the other one. And in this way our lives are going. Our lives are going, we are being robbed of our deen and we are being robbed of, of, of this opportunity that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, the opportunity of life and being able to turn to Allah and make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq of understanding. Allah give us tawfiq of making tawbah and Allah give us tawfiq of changing our ways and, and turning back to, turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and focusing on the akhirah, giving up our aspirations in dunya. Give up your aspiration of the long hopes of the dunya and turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In that Allah has kept, only in that Allah has kept all the peace of heart, all the peace of mind and all the satisfaction is in that. Is in turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look around us, those who have it all in our eyes. Those who have it all, those who have become most successful in their fields, whether it be in the field of business, Whether it be in sports or entertainment or wherever else it may be. Those who have reached the top, so to say, they reach there and they are still unsatisfied. They are there and still, still they are depressed. Still then they turn to drugs and they turn to other vices and other wrongs. And Allah save us, how many of them, despite, as I said in our eyes, maybe having it all, they took their lives because they couldn't stand the life of this dunya. Why? Because when they reach that, and when they amassed everything, when they acquired everything of the dunya, they realize that this is nothing. It brings me no joy in my heart. They thought that when they get everything, they will be happy. They thought that when they reach the peak and the pinnacle of their fields, then they will be satisfied and there'll be peace. But when they reach that condition, they saw there's no peace in this. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not kept peace in material things. Allah has kept peace linked to the heart. Not what you clad your body with. There's no peace in that. There's no peace in that watch that you have. It may be called a timepiece. But there's no peace in that. There's no peace in the car you drive. There's no peace on the pillow you, you sleep or the bed you sleep. Peace Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept inside the heart. That is that is where peace is. And that will only come. Allah Allah says, behold and listen. Only with the remembrance of Allah will the hearts get satisfaction and ease and peace and comfort. Allah give us tawfiq wa akhlu dawwan alhamdulillahi alamin. alameen. wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Allahumma lakalhamdul shukra wa lakalmanu fadla. Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim da'iman abada ala habibika khaydi al khalqi kullihimin. ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم انك عفو تحب العفو فاعف عنا لا اله الا انت سبحانك اننا كنا من الظالمين اللهم انا نسالك الهدى والتقى والعفاف والغنى اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وامتنا على الايمان واحشرنا يوم القيامه مع الايمان اللهم انا نسالك تمام النعمه ودوام العافية وحسن الخاتمة اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين